and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording, as always, from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Busy night in here tonight. It is. A lot of action going on. You would think as the weather gets nicer, the cigar lounges tend to get a little emptier. But this one seems to actually be picking up steam recently. Well, I noticed the patio is a little bit busier than it normally is. Uh, it's starting to get cooler a little earlier in the evening. It's a bit more hospitable out there than it has been. So we have a guest this week, Tom Petty, no relation. I do have a challenge to see how many Tom Petty song titles I can surreptitiously insert into the episode this week. So, you know, Easter egg alert. Be on the lookout for that. Don't do me like that. <laughs> Tom started working here April? Uh, May. May. And But you've been in the cigar industry prior to this, haven't you? I've, I've been around it. I have traveled with uh, Ken Mansfield all last year and did all of his, traveled with him and did events and played music at a lot of his events because I do DJ. And, I mean, I own a company, Rockstars Entertainment Productions, and I do a lot of DJ stuff, so I traveled with him. And I've been a cigar smoker for many, many years and just wanted to learn the retail side of it as opposed to being on you know, the opposite side and just being the avid aficionado and smoker. Very good. So you you said you've been smoking for a little bit. Uh, one of the things that we do to kind of kick off the show every week is uh, to light up a cigar. So I know you have one there with you. Why don't you tell us what you're going to smoke this week? I am actually smoking the La Serena Prince. Um, the story behind this cigar is uh, Ariel, who is Ness Miranda's daughter, was with uh, her dad's company for a while. And she formed her own cigar, and she later left, and now she has La Serena Oceana. And it's actually, it's a Nicaraguan Habanano Oscuro wrapper. Um, the binder is Nicaraguan Criollo. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to mess this up. I, well, that's uh, quite all right. Criollo. Um, and the uh, filler is Nicaraguan Jalapa and Condega. Very good smoke. If you, it, they're, they're hard to find. As you were saying earlier, Shane, before we started, these are very hard cigars to find. So if you find one anywhere, actually bought up by... We were cleaning out the uh, humidor here at Crown Cigars and Ales, and Austin's like, hey, I know you like Las Serenas. I got a box. Would you like to buy them? It's like, sure. So I, I bought the last box he had that he found in the humidor. Excellent. Well, they're a more boutique cigar company. I think, I've, and I've told Tim this when Tim Hall repped for them. I told Tim this. I think Las Serena hurts themselves in the way they name their cigars. A little too feminine? Yeah. I want, I want to mask it. I don't want to smoke the mermaid or the porthole or... Anything like that. I really want to smoke a manly cigar. If you're smoking the porthole, I think you're in a bar down on Church Street. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm going to say this. I mean, I know we try to keep the show somewhat clean, but if you've seen Ariel, I mean, she is, I mean, what you envision a mermaid being. So there's no reason they call her La Serena, you know, the mermaid. So she fit the purpose of having that cigar name for that name for her. Well, but only a handful of people see them, see her, and she would much rather everybody buy her cigars. Very I think, true. I think La Serena suffers from that just oh, a yes, little bit. Oh, yes, very true. Now, what are you smoking out, Trey? So tonight, I am going to attempt to smoke the uh, fourth prime from Fable Cigars. So this is made out of the Nicasueño factory down in Nicaragua. It is a Nicaraguan cigar, as most of what I smoke is, and I'm I'm really trying hard to remember if I've actually smoked one of these on the show before. I'm hoping that I haven't, because that was always the goal. Um, but it's got a Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper with Ecuadorian uh, binder and Dominican and Nicaraguan filler, so it's a little bit all over the map. 
but it's a cigar that brings a lot to the medium to full bodied uh, party. And it's kind of one of those pseudo box press. You know, it it never uh, ceases to amaze me when I go to pick out a cigar for the for the show. And uh, you know, self proclaimed hater of all things box press, it seems like almost always that ends up being what I pick to smoke, just because there's so many people doing great cigars right now, and that's only offered in a box press. So here I go again. And I wonder if the box press takes less damage in travel. Because it's easier to stack square instead of round. I would have to imagine. There's a reason why shipping containers are not giant circles setting up on the decks of these ships. There's a reason why they're rectangular. So I just wonder if that's why we're seeing so many more box press in the market. Well, also you have packing efficiency as well, which is part of what you're talking about. But, you know, a, a sphere has a packing efficiency of about 54%. So that means the object actually only takes up 54% of the space it surrounds. So I guess the box press makes smaller boxes and therefore cheaper shipping and all that stuff. And plus I can say, you know, working here, I've seen some boxes that come in. If they're box press, it seems that there's more in a box of box press than there are the more rounder cigars. So I guess they do that so smaller so they can sell more in one box, I guess. Make it smaller so they can fit more in there. Maybe a little more efficient that way. Exactly. So, so tonight I'm smoking a cigar I've never smoked before, but it just came out at the IPCPR show. This is the La Gloria Cubana Reserve Collection by Ernesto Perez Carrillo. So this is another collaboration. Has this been the year of the collaboration cigar? I believe so, yeah. I think we had the All Out Kings. Now we've got the A.J. Fernandez, Montes, and Upmans. And now this one, it's a La Gloria Cubana. Um, Ernesto worked Perez Carrillo. He worked for General for a while, and he left General. And went and started Carrillo Cigars, obviously. What did you do to my lighter? Nothing. I didn't touch it. <laughs> I just moved it. I'm just so happy that somebody besides me on this show has a broken lighter. Do you need I some, do have two, Trey, if you need you, one of those. Do you need some fuel in it? I mean... No, that's a broke sound. My flint got foobarred. I just so, moved it. There you go. Okay. Trey has fire yeah, for all those that, that were waiting with bated breath. <laughs> Trey now has fire. He can now light his uh, cigar. Oh, God, God. <laughs> So Fire. this cigar is, is um, it's made with Sumatra seed wrapper. It's grown in the Los Rios province of Ecuador's Cavito region. And the rest is Nicaraguan. So should be right up my alley. I'm not touching that thing. I'm going to borrow one of those that I know how to work. <laughs> should be right up my alley. I'm interested to give it a shot. We handed him an ST DuPont. Surely he can't break that one. No, he's going to do the same thing that he did to mine. I don't know how to use it. Where's this? It's well, like, you don't do it by manually pushing the flint. You use the wheel. <laughs> that helps a lot. It, it, oh, okay. It's literally the same mechanism as mine. Uh, other way. Other direction. There, there you, you go. go. Tom you, now has fire. You, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm just saying. It's like watching a monkey try and make love to a football over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, monkeys do some great math problems, just so you know. But moving forward, I'm about to light up this cigar, and I'm interested to try it. I've got... This is funny. I've had like three of these in my possession and have, you, have yet to smoke one. Austin brought me one back from the show. I won one at poker. I got one the other night at the CAO event. And every time it's come time to smoke one, I've had something else I wanted to smoke. Huh. So that's the same one. It's just that you haven't gotten to it. You're not giving them away or getting eaten by Ace or things like that. Nothing yet. Ace went to the vet today. 
The official weight is 37 pounds at 15 weeks old. Oh, wow. That is uh, hefty. And I do, I do have to step away for a moment from cigars and just say. Stop feeding that dog. The, he eats like a horse. And I'm going to start dressing him as a Shetland retriever. <laughs> but we're taking him while we go on our cruise to the Pooch Playhouse. Oh, Lord. After talking to the fine people... Bitches, bitches, bitches. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Neon signs. That's what it sounds like. After talking to the fine ladies at Pooch Playhouse, I think I'm going to send him and Glenda on the cruise, and I'm going to see if they'll just take me in for a week. Because <laughs> it seems pretty relaxing. There's three pools there. There's Oh, my god. The only time the dog actually spends in the kennel is when he's either eating or sleeping. So, And it's... Very comparable to what just a standard kenneling would cost. I was about to say, and you're paying as much for him as you are for you to go on the cruise. <laughs> well, it's very comparable. I was really <laughs> surprised at the, how competitive their pricing was, all things considered. Those uh, dog hotels or whatever you want to call them, I mean, I'm with you. I think we need to go because I know when my brother and sister-in-law come to visit, they always take their dogs down to one down there in Tyler, Texas. And you see them having so much fun. They're thinking, they're having more fun than I'm having right now. We need to go. Do they have a place like that for us? You know, Right. Uh, it's called the Cigar Shop. Yes, very true. So, you no, know, it's, it's funny. If, if there's any business that I wish I could get into, that is it. I mean, all you need is a warehouse with a little bit of artificial grass out back. And you can charge people 100 bucks a night to drop off their dog, and they'll do it. Yeah, but you, the amount of crazy customer you deal with is pretty high in that industry. Fair point. But isn't that like any other business? You have a right to refuse customer with no reason? Yes, but you, you refuse limit enough yourself. customers. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing about business. I learned this about business many years ago. If you do someone a great job, if you do everything they ever want and you deliver to them a perfect product, they might tell one other person. If you... Do something that someone doesn't like, they're going to tell 10 other people. Bad news travels so much more oh, swiftly yeah, than good yeah. news. But speaking of that, coming back to the cigar, and I do want to talk about the progress on the FDA lawsuit. All right. So when last we left you, our heroes, the cigar industry, <laughs> were agreeing to a 30-day stay for the FDA. Well, this week they have also... Um, FDA issued a substantial equivalence delay. What this means is Scott Gottlieb, who we've talked about on the show, who's running the FDA now and who is a cigar guy, has said, okay, we want to take time to really flesh out the science of what is the difference in a premium cigar and another tobacco product. And I think he's doing right. I think he's doing his due diligence. I think it's exactly what he should be doing in these situations. Um, what do you think, Tom? What have you been following on this FDA lawsuit? I've been kind of looking at it. You know, I've been busy doing some other things, but I've been following it because being an avid cigar smoker, you know, I, I strongly believe that, you know, I don't want to, I know we have several different listeners out there, so be careful how I say this, but I don't think the government should get involved in taking, I mean, that is a freedom we have, a, a right. Um, so I've been following it very avidly because I do love to smoke. But from what I've seen, it seems like we've got a lot of politicians out there, and of course the gentleman you just mentioned, you know, really, really fighting for our rights. And I do know that uh, Sean Hardiman uh, came in a couple of weeks ago to the Humidor in Murfreesboro, and he was saying that, and he may be, may have already said this on the show or fixed it to, that they have 
postponed it out to 2021 to where there's more leniency time to maybe we can work something out or but the whole purpose of that was the premium to back and cigars you know to try to keep yeah the 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 goal of it here's the problem and here's what we're always going to be fighting in this lawsuit on one hand the common sense is kids aren't going out and getting premium cigars i mean that's the common sense of it and that the legislation started out as we're going to try to get vaping under control well what happened is somebody in the FDA realized, hey, wait, there's hundreds of million dollars laying here on the table if we make them get all their cigars approved. Right. And that's the balancing act. That's what we're fighting is the people that are going to benefit from the hundreds of millions of dollars versus the people that say these are premium cigars. What This should not be involved in this legislation at all. Well, I can say this, you know, you got a lot of doctors out there saying, you know, people, some people are trying to watch their health and, you know, there is a thing out there that says smoking is bad for your health. Well, yeah, you could look at that, but then you look at how many years George Burns smoked cigars and he lived to be, what, almost 101? He smoked cigars almost all of his life. And uh, several of the reps I've talked to have said the problem is you got more people out there that are vaping, so they're trying to fight those rights and you have less people... There may be more people out there smoking cigars, but the cigar smokers, unlike the ones like us here, aren't speaking out and towards the government and FDA to try to fight that. And you got all your vape smokers. They're the ones that are saying, hey, this is great. They're speaking out more than the cigar smokers are. Well, and that's always been the thing that, you know, the cigarette companies have always had a better lobby than the cigar industry has. And that's probably never going to change. The, the, what I see apart from the regulation and the kids is the fact that a lot of people are making the switch from cigarettes to the vape. So the revenue is going down from an FDA and a regulation standpoint. They're losing revenue because fewer people are buying cigarettes, so there's fewer things that are going through their channels, whereas most people aren't making the change from cigarettes to cigars. Now, there are a a handful of people that maybe trickle in, and that's what the FDA, uh, that's another part of it. They're trying to go after the vape industry, but they see us as this little side door that maybe a half a percent of cigarette smokers are leaving their regulatory channels out this little side door and heading over our way, and now they're trying to blow that thing wide open. Well, and you think about it, cigars require manufacturing. They require production. Vaping chemicals, two dudes in a garage can make a pretty significant amount of vaping chemicals fairly quickly. And that that makes it harder to tax. That usually turns into something else. Is that going to be breaking douche? (laughs) Like, (laughs) is that just like... Breaking bad, breaking douche, yeah. Yeah, like it's going to be just two guys with fedoras and neck beards putting together vape juice in their... (laughs) Something tells me that's going to end about as well as breaking bad ended in the the end. (laughs) Somebody's going to lose an eye. Well, and kind of piggybacking on all this is the other big tobacco story this week is that New York has set, its city has passed their legislation. I have the bill number right here, but it really doesn't matter. 1544B. Bingo. Thank you. That passed to a seven to nothing vote that they're basically raising the prices of all cigars in New York City that were under $8. So I'm going to let that sink in. Say that again? Yeah. So basically, if you go to New York, you're going to pay $8.88 for a black and mild. So in other words, when you go to New York, we need to take our own cigars. 
Yes, which I take my own cigars everywhere anyway. So do I. Yeah. I, I never depend on the kindness of strangers. See, I, I there's something about visiting the local shop of wherever I am that I just enjoy. So I guess I'm different from you two in that regard. Because no, I, I mean, I, I when I go places, I mean, I try to find a, a local cigar shop and go look at what they have. I mean, by me going to Texas, you know, we have crown heads here locally in Nashville. Yeah. And it's good when I go to Texas because I actually have I actually get the yellow rose and I bring some of them back and smoke them because you can only right. get them down there. Um, and the other thing is you've got companies down there, kind of like we have Crown Heads here that's a local company in Nashville. You've got Southern Draw that's actually based out of Texas. That right. You, I've seen around here a little bit, but you don't see them much outside of Texas and no. a couple of others. By the way, I picked up some Southern Draws. They're actually in my travel humidor, but I did smoke the kudzu. Excellent cigar. And do you know the whole Southern Draw story? Um, I did at one point. The, there, back when I was living in Texas, the rep was actually named Trey. So we got to be friends to a certain extent. And, and I remember him telling me about it, but I couldn't recall it now. Well, they're actually founded by veterans. And every part of that cigar down to the label is printed by a veteran-owned company. The box is made by a veteran-owned company. The whole cigar, the whole Southern Draw cigar is all a veteran-made product. And that's really interesting that they, you know, they've taken that stance on it, but they also produce an excellent cigar. I really can't complain about their cigars. I had the opportunity, I was visiting a shop, and when I say I carry my own cigars, now in the Caribbean, I don't buy cigars. Yeah. But on my way down, I'm going to Mobile to get on the boat, I'm going to stop at Prattville Cigar, and if they have something special there. But I never want to be caught for want of a cigar. Right. It's always important to have one in your back pocket. But the New York, so here's the way the New York legislation works. Any cigar has to cost $8 and have an 88 cents tax attached to it, regardless. And they're defining a cigar as any tobacco product with or without a tip, either machine-made or handmade. There's nothing outside of the definition that they're so... Black and Mild, Swisher Sweet, any of those are going to be considered a premium cigar under this bill. How do cigarettes not fall in that definition? Tobacco product, machine made. Like, I don't understand how that excludes cigarettes from that description. Well, and it makes you wonder if it did exclude cigarettes, if you had somewhere that sold cigarettes individually, then do they become a cigar? You just wonder. I would have to imagine they do at that point, but it haven't the cops killed people for selling cigarettes individually so maybe that's not as much of an issue was it was one it a couple of years ago that the fda i mean y'all correct me if i'm wrong on this but used to be able to buy cigaros and i'm but now you have to either sell them as cigarettes or cigars you can't say cigaros anymore because apparently they said that was implying to young adults that it was okay to smoke them because they weren't cigarettes so now you got to call them what they are are there still candy cigarettes out there, or have we got Yes, that there are. They're very I, hard to find, though, aren't they? I was in, when I was in Florida in June, I, I took a picture and put it up on my Instagram because I couldn't believe it. We were at this place called the Sugar Shack, and it's got every kind of candy known to man. It's, it's a dream for my nine-year-old. And, yeah, I'm standing here in line for my ice cream, and I look down, and there's this, like, peach basket filled to the brim and over, like, rounded over with candy cigarettes. I didn't know they could still legally make them or sell them at this point, but apparently they're still out there. I don't know if y'all ever saw these, but when I was, I mean, Trey and I are close to the same age, but 
they had not only that candy cigarettes, they had bubblegum cigarettes, and they yeah. would put a bunch. They had a wrapper around it, like an actual, you know, actual wrapper, you know, like that looked like an actual cigarette, and you could actually blow into it. And there was so much powdered sugar on the gum that when you blow into it, it looked like smoke was blowing. I out do the remember end, that blowing out the end of the of the uh, gum cigarette. And I also remember the bubblegum cigars as well, which actually had bands on them like cigars. You can still get those. A lot of cigar shops have those because you can buy them for It's a Boy, It's a Girl. Yeah. A lot of cigar shops still shell, sell those. Well, and I would argue that, you know, the candy cigarette that's made, that's basically a stick of sugar, is probably far less healthy for you than an actual cigarette would be. And I think the fact that it actually has the actual logos, like, I think that, I don't know how they do it now, but when you and I were growing up, Trey, they actually had Lucky Stripe on the box. I mean, it was actually brands of cigarettes, you know, actually on the box. We'd buy Lucky Stripe, but different ones from, you know, that from the early 70s and yeah it was the it was the fair use candy cigarette equivalent of the porn parody movie title because it was like lucky stripe instead of strike it was um uh, carlboro it was like it was really close in the same logo but one that would be like the oakley's used to get out of china a few years ago joe llama yeah exactly (laughs) instead of joe camel pretty much well, that stuff always amazes me, and I can't believe that that has stood the test of time. I figured those would be gone, you know, by the wayside. So before we go to the break, there's a couple of more things I want to cover. <coughs> Trey, I noticed that you are decidedly defuzzed this week. I am. I am indeed. I am I am slick as a baby from stem to stern. TMI. And to what do we owe the shaving? So this past weekend, I competed in my first triathlon in about two years. So, of course, to make the the most of every opportunity, I I went hairless uh, for for aerodynamic and psychological purposes. So how did you do in the triathlon? I did okay. I finished 10th in my age group and 71st overall out of 159. So it was overall a pretty good showing. Uh, open water swims, man. Oh, my God. Like I, So the first time I ever did a triathlon scarred me for life because the swim was so treacherous. And so this was my opportunity to face my fears and conquer those demons. And I got about halfway out there and I went, oh, shoot, what am I thinking? Um, but was able to get past that. Um, had a couple of... Uh, really good segments, a couple of good transitions. It was for my first one back, I I was five minutes slower of my target time. So I've got a little bit of work to do. Most of that comes down to just preparing mentally a little bit better, but I'm doing another one in about three weeks. So I'm expecting a little more then. How does the triathlon break down? What's the, I know it's bicycle, swimming, running. What's the miles? Okay. Excuse me, kilometers. So the my my preferred distance is the sprint distance uh, because those are just fun and you can still function before and after. Uh, so it's a 400 meter swim to start, then followed up by about a 14 and a half mile bike ride, and then you wrap it all in a tiny little bow called a 5K. So overall, it's about you know, 17, 18 miles of total, like if you combine it all. What's a good time for one of those? Um, the guy who won it overall did it in about an hour, eight minutes. He was booking it. He was averaging 21 miles per hour on the bike, whereas I was closer to 18. I wasn't really happy with that. And then he was running, I think, six, 
and a half minute miles on the 5K, if I remember that correctly. Six and a half, seven minute miles was his average pace. And I was, I was in about the eight and a half range, which is, for me, I, I was expecting to run about a seven minute mile pace and I didn't quite hit that because I, you know, so, um, so if I had, if I had been able to, or if, if, hmm, let me try that in English. Uh, so for, he was putting on an elite pace at that and the sprint distance is about half of what you'll see in the Olympics. So the Olympic is a one and a half kilometer swim about 22 and a half mile bike and then a 10k run i actually had a buddy that com- competed in the olympic distance uh that day so it was kind of fun to see that going on at the same time well congratulations on completing i Thank know you, you had much. some trepidation i'm glad to see you overcame that i'm i'm always happy when someone just does stuff you know we spoke last week with jay about he wanted to write a book so he wrote a book you wanted to do a triathlon you did a triathlon i think Coming up with reasons to do stuff is so much more important because so many people just look at the reasons not to. Well, it's and and I've heard uh, several people talk about this in different capacities, but it's it really comes down to, you know, there's two different kinds of people. There are those that say why, and there are others that say why not. And for for me, this was kind of one of those situations of like, what you're doing a yeah, why not? I can, you know, let's do it. You know, write a book. Yeah, why not? Well, we're going to step away real quick. When we come back for the break, I'm going to get Tom more involved because I want to do a quick game of Would You Rather with you and Trey for the Cigar Cast edition. Y'all are in trouble. And then also we're going to talk about a few more things, traveling with cigars. I've got the cruise coming up. i got my travel humidor packed. Talk about a few of the things I've picked up there and that I'm looking forward to smoking. And there's still lots of good stuff to come. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll see you after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is Shane Reeves, one of your hosts. I'm sitting across from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. Our guest this week, Tom Petty, not that one. <laughs> I'm the original heartbreaker. He's, he's just a refugee. Don't do me <laughs> like that. Hey, you used that joke during the first segment. I'm calling a technical. <laughs> you don't get credit. <laughs> We're going to mark that one off the books. So but ta- don't back down. I'm sure you'll get there. <laughs> I'm free falling over here now. So, well, let's pick it back up. So one of the things that we, that wasn't a song title for those of you keeping track at home. Uh, one of the things that we really like to ask every guest that we have on the show is if you could only have one cigar for the rest of your life, so your Desert Island cigar, and you've got unlimited quantity and price is no object, but it's you and this one cigar for the rest of your life, what are you smoking? I would, my would, I would have to say... It'd be a tough tie between an either an Undercrown or probably the Kentucky Fire Cured. I did not expect that from you. What is it about both of those cigars that would that you think, for you, has that long-term smokeability? Undercrown, to me, it just has such a great binder. Its, it's construction is very good. It never falls apart. So if you're down in Desert Island, you know, you're in that strong heat, it seems like it would stay together. As the Kentucky Fire Cured, if I was stuck on Desert Island, 
I was raised in the South. So I was raised on Southern barbecue, everything smoked. So I think being stuck at design and having a Kentucky fire cured, that would make me feel at home having that smoked flavor and maybe hopes that I would get rescued by some beautiful, beautiful woman on a big yacht and take me back home to the South. Because I mean, that would make me feel like, I guess that would keep me from going crazy is having that smoked flavor in my mouth, remembering home. Little nostalgia for you. Right. Makes sense. Uh, that that's the sense. most pragmatic answer we've ever had to that question. That is. That he really took advantage of the whole desert island yeah. angle. Usually, usually our guests aren't so much about the desert island as just thinking about the cigar. So very interesting answers to that question. I'm surprised you didn't say the La Serena Mermaid just so that you have a picture to look at when you get a little lonely and all the sea turtles have gone. Well, well that'd be great, but her picture's not actually on the cigar. It's, 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 a, little, it's a little artistic mermaid. It's not yeah, actually it's her. better than nothing. I mean, we're talking Desert Island here. Yeah, but if, I, if, I'm, if I'm dreaming of mermaids on a Desert Island, chances are I've already lost my mind. There you go. Well, you know, as is evident by old sailors saying that manatees were actually mermaids. Right. <laughs> Makes you feel bad for women of that era, doesn't it? <laughs> they liked them big back then. All right, so this past couple of cigar casts, we've been playing games, and I've really enjoyed the game aspect of it, and I've got some good feedback from people about that. So tonight we're going to play Would You Rather. But before we start... No. Before we start... I would so bad. I would like to say, whenever I've played this game in a social setting before, there's always somebody that I say, would you rather this or that? And then they say, well, I would, I would align the Linen Wagon with the Volksenkugel, and that would change the scenario so that I wouldn't... Ha- no. I've watched too much professional wrestling. I will hit you with a steel chair. Play with the scenario that I have laid out before you. So in other words, no getting the wooba wobble out of the wobble shaft. None of that. Okay, gotcha. I want you to answer the questions. All right. So tonight, the cigar cast edition of Would You Rather. We're going to start out with something simple. There's a blight on the tobacco crop, and we're all allowed one cigar every six months for the rest of our lives. So when six months comes around and it's time for you to smoke your cigar... Would you rather smoke your favorite cigar ever, but everybody in the shop, including you, has to be naked? Or your third favorite cigar, third or fourth, your choice, favorite cigar, but everyone in the shop has to be wearing clown suits, which is handy because, you know, shops full, one car in the parking lot. Works out great for everybody. Or... You can have the cigar you hate the most as your one cigar, but you can dress regularly. Mm. I'm going to defer to the guest on this one because I know my answer, but I'm interested to see how you... My answer would probably be the last two because I'm going to say this right now. If any of y'all, if I took the first choice and y'all saw me, y'all probably would not enjoy that cigar anymore. It would just be over. It's like no matter how, no matter blight, nothing, it'd just be over. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering about this. Is that is the concern with your own nudity or is it with those around you? Uh, I'm very comfortable with mine. I'm just... <laughs> I wouldn't care. I'd, I'd do my I, favorite cigar yeah, naked. Yeah. yeah, naked all the way. It's, it, yeah, favorite cigar, it'd be worth it. But So the second scenario, who would you like to smoke with through history? You can either smoke with Groucho Marx, but first you have to tell Groucho your favorite joke. Can I just say that one right now? <laughs> But no. <laughs> Groucho Marx. I mean, how dumb would you feel telling Groucho Marx a joke? 
Oh uh, no, I I would feel I would feel honored just thinking about the prospect of that makes me happy right now. Wouldn't you be crushed if he just looked at you and I don't get it? No, I think that would be so funny. Actually, not Trey. I, I, or, I don't get it. <laughs> Mark Twain. But That's first, mine. but first, you must read him a short story of your own creation. That's that's definitely my answer, Mark Twain. But I'm gonna wait to hear the third one because I mean I may change, but I idolize Mark Twain so much because of his quotes about cigar smoking and, and how admirable he is and what he's done for this great nation. You know, as a writer and a speaker. And the third one. Now this is the holy grail of cigar smokers. There's a cigar named after him, an entire size of cigar. You can smoke with Winston Churchill, but. First, you must explain the 2016 president election and how we ended up with Trump versus Hillary. <laughs> so I, I'm going to stay by my original answer. But when you mentioned the Mark Twain, the having to read the short story, I totally understand what you were saying about telling Groucho a, 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 a joke that he might not find funny. Like the idea of reading a short story that I wrote to Mark Twain just paralyzes me with fear. So I totally get that aspect of it. I, I, there would be no way. I would love to smoke a cigar with Groucho Marx. Mine would still probably Mark Twain, but you mentioning the Churchill. Chances are, if you tried to explain that to Churchill, he would probably take your cigar from you, cut the end of it to where you've been smoking on it, and smoke it himself, and say, get the hell out of here. You know, <laughs> because he'd be like... I, no, that's just what's what's happened. How did that happen? You know, he, he would get it, but he'd be like, "No, you're done." Yeah. So yeah. Either that, or he would make you extinguish it and say, uh, "No, that's not legal." <laughs> I think I would. Te- I think I would choose Groucho also, but I would tell like a really bad joke and a joke I had no personal investment in. Yeah. You know, I couldn't pull out one of my best 800-pound gorilla jokes and lay it on him for fear that he would just, you know, and hope he laughs. Yeah, I'm gonna form a club and hit you over the head with it. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm telling them the aristocrats. <laughs> That's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. While we're talking about people you could smoke with, would you rather smoke now? People, whatever your political views are, Bill Clinton brings the party. We have to keep this. I thought we had to keep the show clean. Yes, but if you were if you were going to smoke with Bill Clinton, I got to imagine he would be enthralling. He'd be exciting. He would be really interesting to have a cigar with. The only catch is Hillary's going to be there. So is this? Do we accept or decline the invitation? Is that the? Would no, you, you're oh. gonna you're gonna have to choose one of these three choices. Oh, okay. So choice A is Bill and Hillary Clinton. Choice two. Of great people to smoke a cigar with. I got to think Hugh Hefner would be a lot of fun. Especially if you've ever read any of the psychology behind Playboy, behind what brought him to Playboy and to making it, you know, he really envisioned it as a gentleman's lifestyle magazine that happened to have some nudity in it. Are the Playboy bunnies going to be there with him? No, no Playboy bunnies. Okay, then Hugh Hefner's out. You will be sharing your cigar with Hugh Hefner and Larry Flint. Ugh. Ugh. So, yeah, that's out. You'll have to decide. And last but not least, you can smoke it with an icon. You could smoke your cigar with Abraham Lincoln. Sit down, talk to him about life. But Mary Todd's going to be there. 
No, she was is this a, at the at the height of her dementia, or is same thing with Hillary at the height of their crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, from what I've studied, I mean, from what I've seen, everybody knew that Mary Todd was crazy. It was pretty obvious, but she, her crazy was more like. I'm not explain that. Everybody knew she was crazy. She did things that made her act crazy. She didn't actually go out in public and say stupid things. You know, my dad always told me, it's better to let people think you're crazy than open your mouth and give you a shadow of the doubt. I think I think it's Bill and Hillary for me. You think you'd go Bill and Hillary? Yeah, I would. I would. I, because, like you said, Bill brings a party. And, and I think I think I could... I think that could be a real fun evening. I'd have, I mean, yeah, you're right. I can see that. It would be fun because from what I've seen, Bill loved to party. I mean, playing saxophone. He, I mean, everything you see when he was at all the presidential balls and all the big, he was always, he, and he may have had a lot to drink. Who knows the parties? But still, every time you see him, he was always had a smile and he was always partying. So, yeah, I'll go back to that. I would say I guess I could deal with Hillary. Yeah. I, I mean, think I gotta go Hugh Hefner and Larry Flint. Really, I could not I, sit down he, with Larry Flint. Hugh Hefner, I could, but Larry, Larry. I mean, the way I was raised, I mean, I would mind hanging with Hugh Hefner, but Larry Flint is the dirtiest of yeah, dirtbags. Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, you see the movie that Woody Harrelson did, but if you read his actual bio, everything out of his mouth was just the trashiest and dirtiest. I mean, any. I mean. I won't say it on, but everybody knows what the C word. I mean, everything out of his mouth was that word. I mean, he was just vulgar twenty four seven. He didn't care, didn't have no filter. I could, I couldn't sit around him. You know, I, I don't have much of a taste for that that locker room type of bravado. It's no, just not my style. And that is that is, that juvenility that he espouses in in every time he opens his mouth. I just couldn't. Whereas, whereas he, he, even with with Lincoln and Mary Todd and and. Yeah, politically, I'm very middle of the road, and so I think I could tolerate just, I mean, not that he smokes, but I could even sit down with Donald Trump, even though I'm not a huge fan, and, and I could have a cigar with him and Melania, or I could have, and, and find a way to enjoy my evening either way, just because I enjoy intellectual discussion and enjoyable evenings, and so, but they, yeah, Larry Flynn, I just couldn't do Yeah, I couldn't do that Okay, either. and our final would you rather I rattled on that one a little bit. This is, this is going to require audience participation from the two of you. So who is the most attractive supermodel you can think of? Who comes to mind? You know, um, for me, Giselle from Victoria's Secret comes to mind because she's just an amazingly ravishing woman. Oh, um, the woman I'm thinking of has like 43 consonants and one vowel in her last name. I can never remember. The girl from the Blurred Lines videos. Um, oh, yeah. Um, let's just say Alexandra, Alexandra D'Ambrosio. Okay. I'm, I'm going to put mine out there. Mine's Heidi Klum. That's the first right. one that comes to mind. Maybe Heidi, 15 Heidi years Klum, ago. Yeah, 10, 15 years ago, I could go Heidi Klum. <laughs> I mean, nowadays, I mean, uh, Heidi Klum, though, has aged very well. But you want to speak now terms, mine would probably be Kate Upton, if you want to speak now. All right. Okay. There you go. So assuming you have your cigar of a supermodel opportunity, pick the supermodel of your choice. You may smoke with her, her totally naked, but everyone in the shop is going to be smoking a 6x60 Super Gordo, and you have to smoke a 4x20 Petite Corona for the entire time. (laughs) Okay. little subliminal messaging there for everyone. 
or she'll smoke the cigar topless with you, but you have to smoke it bottomless. Done. Is, is that a trick question? Or she will smoke it completely naked, and you can wear whatever you want, clown suit, whatever, whatever you have left over from the previous scenarios. But you have to retrohale an entire double Maduro. Done. Is the expectation of the middle choice that the clothing situation is likely to change at some point, or...? We're not reading... You're getting into steel chair territory. We're not reading (laughs) into it that deeply. We're having to keep this very shallow. No, I think... Yeah, I don't have any... I mean, as long as I don't, as long as I get rid of the Cumberland fever that I'm currently dealing with, then I don't have any problem retrohaling a double Madeira. Wouldn't be a problem for you. Wouldn't be a problem, Tom. I could, I could do that. That wouldn't be a problem for me. Well, it's it's funny. I couldn't do the everybody smoking a six by sixty and me smoking a four by twenty for no other reason than if I was going to smoke a four by twenty, why would I even smoke? Right. You know, it's more about the cigar than for me than it is for anything else. So and I couldn't retrohale, so I guess I would be smoking bottomless. I've I've never been able to do the retrohale. The retrohale just tears me up. Not something that I'm. A I mean, fan it's simple. Of. For those of you listening at home, that is, he retrohaled. <laughs> that yeah, that's a visual gag for an yeah. audio me- medium. That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, no, I try. It's one of those things when I was traveling on the road. You end up in a lot of cigar shops that aren't maybe necessarily well ventilated and so you right sure at a certain point you just kind of get accustomed to having that much smoke around you that it i don't know maybe it's just a desensitization thing for me so well cigar smoking's you know a relatively new hobby in my life if you consider you know eight or nine years a new hobby and i've always been of the opinion if the situation is not right i'm not going to force the cigar right but one of the things that does make the situation right is the price of the cigar. It is indeed. So tonight we're going to talk about our cigar under $8. So before we get into the cigar under $8, I need to get a quick update on everybody's cigar. And I'll Trey, how is yours? So in the interest of full disclosure, uh, I just mentioned the Cumberland Fever. The triathlon aforementioned... Uh, the swim portion was in the Cumberland River here in Nashville, which every time you tell someone you're swimming in that river, they give you one of these faces like, oh, God. Um, it's it's not very clean. I'm sitting there waiting for your flesh to fall off. Yeah, I am. I am, too. So having spent the better part of 15 minutes in that river um, in a highly respiratory capacity, I breathed in and swallowed quite a bit of that water, which has left me sounding and feeling like this. So my taste buds are well shot or pretty close to it. That being said, I was not expecting to be able to taste as much of this cigar that I did. Um, it's it's spicy without being what you think of when you think of spice in, in a flavor of cigar. It, it, it Again, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago where you get that little bit of mouth bite like you get with pipe tobacco. I'm Again, I don't know if that's my palate or the cigar at this point, but I'm really enjoying the mouthfeel of the, of the smoke. It's a nice, thick smoke. I'm getting a lot of flavor out of it, which I would have, you know, which is necessary if I'm going to be able to taste anything. So I'm really enjoying it. Now, give the name of it again. No, oh, this is the Fourth Prime by Fable. Fable Cigars. Yes, uh, which is made in the Nicosueño factory. Oh, okay. I was Nicaragua. wondering about that. Now, how many days 
Being as you've been sick, how many days has it been since you've had a cigar? This is your first cigar in how many days? Uh, just one. I didn't have a cigar yesterday, but I had one on Monday. Oh, okay. So it's not yeah. it's not like it's the end of a long drought. No, it. Um, this this mess snuck up on me yesterday, so it was. This is my first opportunity, or so yesterday I kind of took it easy, and then today I'm right back on it. I'm one of those guys. I can usually smoke while I'm sick, and it doesn't bother me. Like I said, breathing in water, I've got a little more respiratory than I would like, so I probably shouldn't be smoking, but uh, it's it doesn't seem to be hurting me too bad. See, when I get a cold, I just shut down my cigar smoking. I just I quit it because. I'm either A, going to exacerbate the situation, or B, not going to enjoy the cigar. And neither one of those are acceptable for me. And I, and that's why I went for something that was way on the bold side of the spectrum tonight, to make sure that I could get something out of it. Because especially, you know, like when you're looking for food when you're sick, you know, f- no food tastes good. And so you go for those. For me, I go, I try and keep things as normal as possible. So I go for big, bold flavors so that I don't lose much of it. Tom, how's the La Serena treating you? It's treating me very well. I mean, I've had the smoke before, and I thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, it, it's never failed me. Well, the La Gloria Cubana, it's okay. It's not blowing my socks off. It's milder than what I usually smoke. And I think that's kind of a Creo thing. I've had several of the EP Creo products and not been as... Um, as bold as I like or as complex as I like. They, I, I find that to be true of them for the most part as well. Next time we have Austin on the show, we'll have to talk to him. He's a big Carrillo fan. And so I know the the Cardinal, back when, when E.P. Carrillo was on his own, um, after he left General the first time and went out on his own, he, he made a cigar called the Cardinal that was fantastic. And it was about, it was the only one in the, in the line that I would actually seek out. They are all very well made and well blended. They just, yeah, you're right. They don't they don't knock your socks off, or at least I haven't found that to be the case either. So this week's cigar of the week is going to be the Casa Magna Colorado Paquito, which is four and three quarters by forty two ring gauge. It's a Nicaraguan cigar. So Casa Magna made a huge deal in two thousand and six when they became the cigar of the year. Right. First time such an inexpensive cigar had ever been the cigar of the year. And I've told the story on the show before how much I enjoyed the Colorado Robusto. And then they started creeping their prices up and changing their blends and produce, going into mass production, and they really lost it. Everything I'm reading says the Paquito, the Colorado Paquito, is really coming back to what kind of made them great in okay. 2006. So I'm going to pick one up and give it a shot, but I was perusing and started reading about cigars under eight, and I thought that would be a good one to feature. Now, have you had a Casa Magna, Tom? I, I don't think I, I'm, no, I don't, I've not had one of those. Is it good? They used to be very good, and then they got bad, and I haven't had one in probably a year or so. So I probably haven't had one in maybe three or four years, and I used to be pretty good friends with the rep in the area. That And so I got to try a lot of the stuff that they were putting out. And I really enjoyed them at the time because they were in that 5 to $6 price range. Like you said, now they're, uh, they're still on the bottom end of the spectrum with high quality um, that you wouldn't expect out of that lower price point. But I haven't had a chance to get back around to them in a while. Well, I think this is worth revisiting. You know, the MSRP is $5.40. 
Um, it's rated 90 on Cigar Aficionado, right. which at some point we're going to really have to break down how Cigar Aficionado rates cigars. Because what's the lowest you've ever seen an Aficionado cigar rated? 88. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I don't think I've ever seen them come out, okay, this is a 56. Yeah, I haven't either. Well, but it, it, it kind of goes to the um, the same kind of tactic, I think, that we try and bring to the show, which is, you know, you're part of the industry. We all have a shared interest. You know, even the worst cigar that I've ever had, I'm not going to just dog it. You know what I mean? And so I think they have a certain, you know, it may not suit my palate. It may not be, but I'm not going to sit there and say it's a dog turd. Uh, and I think they probably take that approach of looking for the best and trying to find as much as they can. I, I'd imagine I would be very surprised for a, a industry publication like that to to put a manufacturer or a product on blast by giving them like a 60 or a 50. See, I would think right the opposite. I think it delegitimizes all their scores that they're all too high. Well, just convert that out of a hundred score to an out of 20 score. You know, so then your 88 becomes an 8, and your 100 becomes a, a 10 or a 20. I, that I makes promise sense. I know how to do math. That makes much more sense. But about to wrap it up for the week. We've had a pretty good episode. Tom, thank you for being our guest this You're week. And, Tom, um, your DJ in business again? Is Rockstars Entertainment Productions. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, I got a website. Go ahead and tell us what it is. It's, uh, of course, it's www.rockstarsentertainmentproductions.weebly.com. And that's Rockstars with a Z. Yes. All right. And we'll post uh, uh, on our bio on Instagram so that people can click through. And, and if awesome. they're cool. looking for a DJ or looking for some entertainment. I'm right here but in the national in, area. So. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us at facebook.com slash thecigarcast. Mm-hmm. On Instagram and Twitter, Twitter at the Cigar Cast. I don't tweet people. We're I'm tag sorry. team in this one t- tonight. I like it. Or you can always email us at info at thecigarcast.com. Would love to hear from you and hear some new show themes and some new thoughts, or even just a great cigar you've come across or a great lounge that you've come across. Also, if you have some etiquette tips or have some questions about etiquette, don't be afraid to drop us a line as well. Uh, we could, we would be happy to address it or uh, maybe even include it on a future show. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and have a good week.